0: and welcome to Hypnotize Me, the podcast about hypnosis, transformation, and healing. This is Dr. Elizabeth Bonet, and I'm your host. Disclaimer time! This podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment, nor should it be. If you need therapy or hypnotherapy, please seek a trained professional. I do hypnosis all over the world, so if you'd like to learn more about me, you can do that at my website, drlizhypnosis.com. That's D-R-L-I-Z-hypnosis.com. Now on to our episode start this week with the podcast exchange. In February, I'm part of an exchange where we're talking about other podcasts that you can check out. It's the theme of spreading the podcast love. This week's podcast that I'm going to talk about is sexology with Dr. Nazanin. Moali. This one is one of my favorite podcasts. I listen to it all the time, like almost on a weekly basis. She covers fascinating topics all about relationships, intimacy, sex. She sometimes gets explicit, so definitely know that before you listen to this one with little ears in the car. She is a psychologist, so approaches it with a well-researched, well-thought-out Viewpoint, as well as a lot of humor. So I think it's a podcast you'll really enjoy. Give it a listen sometime. You can find it at sexologypodcast.com. This week's interview is with Joan Sotkin. She helps entrepreneurs and practitioners experience freedom from struggle, personally, professionally, and financially. She is the expert when it comes to understanding how emotions learned in early childhood can affect a person's business and financial outcomes. Thousands have benefited from her groundbreaking book Build Your Money Muscles and her online programs. Her newest book is The Search for Connection, a Spiritual Journey to Physical, Emotional, and Financial Health. I have followed Joan for over a year or so. I heard her on another podcast. And in this interview we talk about all kinds of different stuff, her experience with hypnosis, why she doesn't like the word abundance, and how trance state can help you overcome old messages and old habits that you learned as a child around money. So it's a fun, fascinating interview. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hi, Joan. Welcome to the Hypnotize Me podcast.
1: Hi, it's really great to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm so happy you're here. I was so happy when you said yes to the interview, because I've followed you for over a year now, I would say. So happy, ha- really happy you're here.
1: Well, that that always surprises me. You know, uh-huh. People say I've been following for you for years. It's like, because I don't know until they show
0: up. <laughs> it's true. It's, yeah, people will say the same thing for me. Like, I yeah. Been part of your newsletter, or or I listen to your podcast, yeah, yeah. and you don't know until they send you an email right. or they show up somehow. Right. Yeah, so let me start with the question that I ask most of my guests, which is, "What was your first
1: experience with hypnosis?" My first experience with hypnosis was probably twenty-five to thirty years ago. Mm -hmm. And someone I knew, I was living in um, Orange County, California, and there was this woman who was in her 90s who I had become friends with, and I was doing a lot of healing. And she hypnotized me a number of times in order to go figure out what was going on for me.
0: Mm. So when you say figure out what was going on, did she do... Age regression, like let's see what age things happened at, or was it more like let's put you under
1: hypnosis and see what comes up? Um, I don't remember exactly. I remember she used the elevator thing to get me under. Uh-huh. Now, th- this is 30 years ago. We still use the <laughs> so, elevator. <laughs> yeah, we still do. She did the elevator thing. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I, I evidently am easily hypnotized. Because okay. a- anyone who has done that since then has, you know, I, I go really deep and I I really cooperate <laughs> with mm-hmm. the hypnotist. So that was the first time. And I had been doing a lot of different healing modalities. So that was one of the things that I did. So how did you find it? Could you
0: share your experience of it with us?
1: Well, I remember some of the more recent ones, which were probably – five years ago or or a little bit a little bit more than that
0: so what were the more recent ones
1: for well i I actually was probably more than fun probably 10 years ago i had had a long series of physical problems Mm -hmm. which also creates emotional problems and i was always looking for the answers it wasn't until 10 years ago that I found out that I have a connective tissue disorder that was causing most of my problems, mm. but there was emotional stuff. And I remember when I did this last round, whenever that was—I um, lose track of time now. I've been mm. around too long, <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, you know, having very very clear memories of recreating whatever situation we were talking about, you know, where I could really see things. And I, I've been doing so much emotional work for so long that it's very easy for me to go deep into my emotional body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just, you know, it's, it's odd because when I was hypnotized, it, I didn't necessarily, I would say to myself, am I really hypnotized? Mm-hmm. Yet I was definitely in in an altered state. There was no doubt about it.
0: Mm. Interesting. So you had some doubt arise. But then after the experience is done,
1: you're like, oh, no, I was i was sent in some kind of altered state. I, but even when I'm in the middle of it, if I start doubting it, then I, I know, you know, I can, I can observe myself and be in it at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, which is a common experience. Yeah. Right. And I, I find too, that People who tend to question and tend to be more analytical, they'll sometimes have that experience, more so than someone, let's say, who's less analytical, where they're like, hmm, what's going on here? It's like that third-person observer coming in that watches yourself. And
1: I tend to be analytical, Mm -hmm. even though I spend time traveling in other dimensions. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I have a very active right brain. I also have a very active left brain. If you want to divide it up that way, it's questionable whether those divisions really exist.
0: Yes. Yeah. But it is an, an easy, I think, uh, image for people to hold on to sometimes that right brain, left uh-huh. brain. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, Did you find it helpful then at the time?
1: Yes. Yes. I, my whole path, I mean I'm in my seventies and when I was in my thirties, I was told I was a hypochondriac and I could never be healthy. Mm. And I had a long list of physical and emotional problems. Mm -hmm. So, um, when the doctor said to me that I would never be healthy, I said, that's not my story. And I started studying physiology and microbiology and psychology, whatever I could find in order to figure out how this thing works, the body-mind,
0: mm-hmm. and what
1: I needed to do to fix it. So, uh, I, and I was living in California at the time where there were a lot of choices. There was acupuncture and polarity and all sorts of things. And so, and I, I've got very into electrical medicine early on. Mm -hmm. And actually this was in, uh, when I was in Atlanta. So I've been on the alternative path for a really long time. I gave up sugar 45 years ago Uh and have not eaten sugar or high level, you know, really, uh, yucky carbohydrates for 45 years. Mm -hmm. So I've been on a health kick for a long time. And I think that virtually everything I've tried along the way has had a positive effect. Now I'm very healthy. And so I tend to do more self care than anything else.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
1: you know, I exercise every day and I eat right and do meditate all the time. And, you know, I think every, I, I don't think it's possible to have one thing that fixes it. Mm-hmm. I think that it, I think that you have to, change on a, on a deep level in order to change your life outcomes, whether it be health or wealth or anything else. I think that you have to alter how you're being in the world, your thoughts, your beliefs, your emotions, the decisions that you make. And that's why it surprises me that people think that there's an instant cure you know, if I do the 10 things that they outlined in this article I read, that I'll be okay. No, because you really have to get past your own resistance to becoming almost a different person on a lot of levels.
0: Yes. Okay. So you see it as more a tool in the toolbox for for getting to that deep level change. I would agree with you. Yes. Like it's not, nothing's a it's magic not being, solution right? Not the article with the 10 tips of what to do. Right, (laughs) Not therapy, traditional, not hypno. like it is, I I see it more as integration, like these different things will help you work on different levels.
1: But right. And I think you, I think you have to know how to reprogram your subconscious. Mm -hmm. And, and that can be happening on a regular basis. I use a technique called be set free fast uh I learned it um after I had learned the emotional freedom technique and I really like BSFF and wrote the current manual with the the clinical psychologist who put that technique together hmm can and, you tell us about it yeah it, you know it's it's one of the emotional freedom one of the uh energy psychology techniques mhm and it doesn't have any tapping. And what you do is you read uh, a fairly you know, a complete but brief, it's not that long, uh, instructions to your subconscious that basically says, you know, because your subconscious will believe whatever, whatever you tell it. Mm-hmm. So you're going to tell it that whenever I use this Q word, you're going to release certain things that are blocking me or, you know, so you're telling your subconscious what to do. And then it, it, the actual session, which you can do by yourself or with someone else, I often do it with my clients where you're, you're saying things like, um, I'm a good person. Mm -hmm. And so you're actually treating that statement. And if you, you're treating it so that if you don't believe it, you're actually going to shift that, and if you believe it, you're just acknowledging it, and then you say the Q word. So, um, I'm a good person. My Q word is terrific. So I say terrific afterwards. But mm-hmm. I use it the way I use it when we're working with uh, emotions and blocks and things. I'll I'll do a, a protocol where I say I release my need for shame. Mm. I'm willing. I'm willing to let go of my need for shame. I'm willing to let go of shame.
0: Wow. I
1: want I want to let go of shame, and each of these is followed by the keyword, and I'm a person who feels good about themselves. So I Powerful. take it- Powerful. And, and it really is, and I like it better than EFT, because there is no tapping, and you can do it silently. I often, you know, when I don't do this that often anymore, but I, my system works. I'll wake, my, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and can't go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's my signal that something's trying to come up. Mm. And so I go through my own inner process. And then I'll do, sometimes I'll do a little EFT, but I often do the Be Set Free Fast to let go of. Recently, I became aware of my fear of becoming really wealthy. Mm -hmm. Um, when i made a lot of money with my crystal business and wound up being going bankrupt i realized that i'm afraid to get to that point again where i'm earning in today's money a half a million dollars a year because when i did it last time it had a painful ending Mm -hmm. and even though it was 30 years ago that trauma is evidently still there. I've worked through a lot of it, and my business is is expanding very beautifully, and I became aware of this fear. Mm-hmm. So I would do something like I release my fear of of wealth. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I release i I give myself permission to release my fear of wealth. I'm willing to let go of my fear of wealth. Um, I want to let go of my fear of wealth, and I'm perfectly happy being wealthy. and And then I'll look at why would I be afraid of being wealthy? Well, because it can be very separating. It would uh, change my relationships with my friends. Mm. and And so I have to I would look at all the different nuances of fear of being wealthy. My fear that I was going to screw it up again because when I made all that money last time, I screwed it up, which is not an unusual thing to do, but it hurts even though if you understand lots of people. Yes. That. Yeah. So so it's, you know, so it becomes part of my process of self-awareness and development, and I find it very effective. I'm having a memory now. You have
0: like a mini money course that people go through and I think financial,
1: financial freedom formula. Okay. Yes. Thank you. Financial freedom yeah, yeah. formula. Yes. A holistic blueprint for success. And in that one, I teach the power word technique, okay. which I, which I introduced in my book, build your money muscles, uh-huh. but I didn't want to do the whole be set free fast. Cause that's a whole nother book. Oh, and so okay. I, so I scrunched it down, to the power word technique, and people tell me that that works just fine. So in, yeah, that's in what my- I'm
0: remembering. I remember reading about the power word technique yes. and working through that process myself because I I did the course and uh, <laughs> online and found it really helpful. And to me, it, it really felt like it felt similar to like self hypnosis for me. Like this is a power word that I'm setting into my subconscious. And when I say this word, it, it activates that pathway. Let's say,
1: right. And and you gave yourself instructions to your subconscious before you started. Yes. And so and people have told me they they find the power word technique very effective, mm-hmm. and it's it's simpler than the be set free fast. But if someone is a a therapist of some sort uh-huh. using the be set free fast book helps them learn how to uh, create the statements that have to be made.
0: Yes, it sounds yeah. like it goes deeper. It goes a little deeper. Yes, to be it, does. yes. yes it does. Yes, yeah. it does. Yes. So it gets more to some of those underlying issues that are going on that may come up.
1: Right, right.
0: Okay. Fascinating. And then yeah. <laughs> right? it's fascinating how all these yeah. different – Things come up, and I know your focus is prosperity, abundance, financial
1: freedom. I don't ever use the word abundance. You don't? Be- why not? No, us, because not. wealthy people never use that word. Really? Yeah, <laughs> they just live it. It's, it's a word that's used by people who are struggling to make more money.
0: Ah, Okay.
1: So um, why do you think that is? Because I mean, what what the heck does abundance mean? And they have sayings like the world is abundant and you're meant to be abundant. Uh That's BS. (laughs) I mean, if, if we were supposed to be abundant, the world wouldn't be suffering the way it does. (laughs) <laughs> and 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 people do these affirmations, I'm an abundant being and all this stuff. When the subconscious is going, no, you're not. No, you're not. I mean, uh, Gary Craig with the FT calls it the tail enders. And <laughs> I think, think there's, a, there, there's a whole lot more that has to be done in order to ha- be, develop a habit mm-hmm. of earning a lot. You know, people will do the affirmations, the, the whole, you know, law of attraction thing and everything they never talk about learning how to manage your money because yeah. no matter how much you try to say change your mindset, mm-hmm. if you don't keep track of your expenses and your income, you're not going to stay wealthy. Even if you get wealthy, I learned that the hard way. True. I was making, I was bringing in $50,000 a month in today's money mm-hmm. and I went bankrupt mm-hmm. because I just kept buying more crystals. You know, you have to yeah. know when to say no. And And, you know, people who are on the abundance kick Mm -hmm. think that, um, you're going to have so much money that you can do anything you want to do. Well, I know a lot of wealthy people and they tend to be more frugal than the people who are on the abundance kick. Ah, yeah. It's like the millionaire next door. You remember that book? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I have it. And, uh, when people used to, I remember they used to say, well, act as if, act as if you're rich and all that meant was, I'm going to go buy whatever I want. (laughs) Oh geez, and that's yeah, not, that could get you not into not some activist. real
0: deep trouble financially.
1: Yes, it, yes, it does. I got myself into really deep struggle, struggle. But I had a lot of crystals. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> <Right.
0: laughs> <laughs> so you prefer the word prosperity?
1: Prosperity, yeah. And I do prosperity rituals, and I have things to remind me. But really, it's it's really about learning about the world of money and how to take care of it. Mm. Because once you do that, then your subconscious trusts you with money. Mm. In other words, when I say I'm afraid of wealth, mm-hmm. it's because I screwed it up one time mm-hmm. and I wanted to make sure I don't screw it up again. I was I was keeping track of my money. I had a bookkeeper came in three to- three days a week but I didn't know that bookkeepers don't tell you what not to do. They just listen to whatever you tell them and they write down whatever you're spending. They don't say, you know, you really shouldn't do that. That's a controller. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. And there was no internet to tell me all these brilliant things. So uh, I think that it's good to have a positive outlook and to learn how to do that. But if, if you're a person who grumbles a lot to me, you're always going to grumble a lot unless you change that. Mm -hmm. If you're a person who feels alone a lot, it's going to be hard for you to become wealthy. And Mm -hmm. in my book, Build Your Money Muscles, I talk about the five main feelings that habitual feelings that keep people from making progress financially. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in, in the years since I've written the book, I realize that the need for connection and and feeling touch deprived are two of the things that really keep people from making money and you can you can know that's happening if you're always in this longing space mm. and a lot of people on the prosperity path are always in a state of longing and if you have a state of longing for more money well then you're always going to be longing that to me is what causes over earning very few people talk about over earning uh-huh. but why would you why would you need another million you know it's that oh i need more i need yeah. more my goal my goal when i got on this path was to not allow my bank account to determine how i feel
0: yes yeah yeah and i i did a money program under earners anonymous which i found very helpful and you and i have talked about the process of not identifying as that anymore. Like it became something that I didn't identify with anymore, but it was, it did reveal a lot of things to me. And one of them was that often my mood was determined by my bank account. And that was also one of my goals. Like I don't want that to happen anymore. I want to be able to wake up in the morning and feel good, period. Like it doesn't matter what my bank account says And then. And it was a slow growth process to really move into that for myself. But it's very doable.
1: Right. And as an entrepreneur, you never know what your income is. And it goes up and down. So true. and, and mm-hmm. the ups are easy. It's mm-hmm. the down da- when the downs you have to have total faith that if you haven't run out of money before you're not going to run out of money again. And I I did things that were not very bright on, from some people's point of view, but I'd get down to where I had just $100. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. And I had to get to that point where it didn't bother me. You know, the amount of money I have is has you know, there's that saying, well your your net worth is a reflection of your self-worth. That's BS. Oh
0: yeah. No, I don't I don't agree with that at all, particularly when uh, how could that even be true? Most of the world is, doesn't have a high net, net worth. Yeah, that's that that's right. doesn't even make that's sense right. to me.
1: Yeah. And, you know, every I find it really funny that um, so many practitioners, uh, coaches particularly, mm-hmm. are always looking for high-end clients. Mm-hmm. That's the new thing. You can buy a, a course for $3,000 and tell you how to get high-end clients. What people don't realize is that high-end clients are sometimes the most difficult people to work with and everyone I have spoken to the other day I was talking to a senior vice president of a bank and I, I asked her if it was true for people she knows the the wealthy people are the less anxious they are to spend their money and the harder it is to get them to pay. Now that's a generalization, (laughs) but it's generally true. And Uh So these people have this fantasy that if I get high net worth clients, they're gonna be easy to deal with. Well, I can tell you from experience they're not. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, so the idea is for you to be where you are and see who you draw in when you know I draw in higher net worth clients now without trying. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't try to get a whole lot of coaching clients because I like to do groups. I like to service both levels. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that whoever I'm working with on a, on a one-to-one basis has been on the personal growth path for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just started with someone new today, you know, people who can become wealthy when they're still blocked emotionally, they're harder to work with. And if, Mm -hmm. if you haven't dealt with all of your emotional stuff, then it's going to be hard to take someone who's really stuck to the next level.
0: Yes, there, there's an element there of walking the path yourself and being being ahead of someone on that path to be able to work with them.
1: Right. It's like a lot of therapists, and again, I'm making generalizations.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, a lot of therapists listen to their clients but don't feel their pain mm. because they haven't dealt with their own pain. And one of the reasons that I can be so effective is because I'm not afraid of anyone else's feelings because I'm not afraid of mine. Hmm. And I've got I've gone really deep into the emotional body. When I work with people, I can actually I'll say to them, I'm feeling sadness coming up. Because when I work with someone, I'm actually there with them. Mm-hmm. You know, like, so there with them, I can intuit whatever word you want to use what they're feeling. And I feel it. I'll feel my, my stomach, you know, kind of scrunch up or the sadness comes up or, you know, I can really feel what they're feeling. And to me, that's the effectiveness of the session because they feel connected Mm -hmm. in a way they've never felt before. And it's that connection that makes the difference.
0: Uh, Absolutely. The connection does make the difference. And my experience of therapists is that the better therapists, and and you start to go into specializations, you get the better therapists, but one, have often specialized in something that they overcame themselves.
1: Yes. Yes. So they
0: know the feelings, they know the path, Mm -hmm. but two, often have been in therapy themselves So when I meet a therapist who's never been in therapy, I'm always very surprised. Not that they couldn't be effective because I allow for all kinds of possibilities in the world, but it's very surprising to me that they don't know the experience of being a client and some of the vulnerabilities that come with that. And then three, I think I had a very wise and talented therapist who used to talk about using your own body as a tool with your clients. And that's exactly what you're talking about. I think there's even, um, don't hold me to this listeners, but there's a book called Focusing and it's a very old book. It's written, um, I would say 60s or 70s, but it talks about that process of tuning into your own body to see what is coming up, when you're across from a client. So this is whether you're a therapist, a coach, a friend, even, right? right? right, Like really an energetic connection that you're having with someone, like using your own senses to say, okay, what's going on here and creating that connection with it. And also being brave enough to talk about that. And obviously in a a coaching relationship or a therapist-client relationship, there's permission to do that, right? The boundaries are there. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. I mean, I, I, I spoke, I, most of my clients are my one-to-one clients are men. I don't know why, but that's just the truth. And and I I think part of it is because I was brought up, I have two brothers and a dominant father. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'm more comfortable with men on some level because I had to deal with them more as I was growing up. So I think that's part of it. But, Um, the guy I worked with today, he, he knows, he said, I'm numb. I'm just numb. And, and so I take them through a process. My goal is to help people get in touch with the kinesthetic experience in their body Mm. at any time. Mm -hmm. And when people don't have a a feeling vocabulary and they're afraid of their feelings. So I do this technique where I take them, I, I, I said to him, put your hand on your solar plexus and take, you know, I had him have his eyes closed. And I said, what you're, what you're, when you're there, do you feel contracted or expanded? That's all they have to learn how to do. Mm. Am I feeling contracted or expanded? Because you can't start by asking them what they're feeling. They have no feeling vocabulary. I was brought up <laughs> a, true. I, I was brought up in a household where the spoken rule was sotkins don't feel. Mm. so i I never developed a feeling vocabulary and and I had to figure out had and this was you know like thirty years ago, I had to figure out how to tell what I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And I realized, you know, and then I found out. After reading Candy's Pert, that the feelings don't happen in your head. They're neuropeptides that attach themselves to receptors in your cells, and that's why you have a gut feeling or your shoulders mm-hmm. feel tense. Mm-hmm. So, and just noticing the feeling in your physical body will help you release it because then the feeling has been felt, and that's what allows them to release. Absolutely.
0: Yes, and it is a process of for me when I work with people starting with the body so okay mm-hmm. where where are you feeling something in your body where is that physically and now let's see mm-hmm. what kind of quote-unquote feeling that is you know I also have the color chart that has like a hundred feelings
1: on it right it's like okay the people that I work with mm-hmm. that's too advanced for them well, it's the to-
0: color chart is from the head, right? Like, oh, let me look at this from my right, head right. and see what I'm feeling. It doesn't work that way. I agree with you. It works in the body. Are you are you contracting? And where are you contracting? Is it the stomach? Uh, is, is it, it the con- heart center? No
1: no, yeah. no, no. I take them to the stomach. Oh, And say, do you feel contracted? Uh-huh. I take them because if they're uptight. No matter where you take them, they're going to be contracted, <laughs> and yes. so you know they're tense. And and then what I do, the next step, is to put your hand over the place where you're contracted mm-hmm. and make the sound of the feeling. Mm. And and they usually start out with uh, <laughs> something exciting, <really tidy." laughs> and mm-hmm. I try to get them to the point where they're going ah ah. Because that's expressing the feeling. Yeah, right. That's getting the feeling out of the system. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the goal. It, you know. Because when you break a leg or bump into something, that, that's emotions trying to get out of your system. It's all that energy trying to get out of your system. Mm-hmm. And so the best way to do that is to express the feeling. And making sounds is a really good way to do that. Yes. Absolutely. You know, it yeah. For years I,
0: I actually taught myself not to cry. Okay, because yeah. and that's my own history with my own my own mother, because it was it's too much of a vulnerable position as a child to cry. You know, it gave her too much power. So my work as an adult was to learn how to cry again and to really mm-hmm. feel safe in doing that. And it was a turning point for me when one of my friends actually and it was a newer friend i just met her and she said you know elizabeth crying is just a cleansing that's all it is mm-hmm. it's still hard for me sometimes mm-hmm. to cry but i i try to pretend <laughs> to be my friend and say it's just a cleansing that's all it is it's an energy release
1: yes yes and that's what expressing emotions is about it's an mm-hmm. energy release now you were present in a session I did the other day mm-hmm. where I did one of my group energy adjustments. Yes. Right? You were there? Yes. Okay. And I was making some pretty weird sounds. Yes. And, and what I do is I I do this very intuitively. I get everybody into an altered state. And which you understand, you know, it's mm-hmm. not any different from hypnosis. Right. And I I do a lot of releases with sounds. So I'll, I'll say to the group and everybody's in this trance, and I'll say, okay, my hand is on your solar plexus. And invariably, the sounds that come out are anger. <sighs> <sighs> and by my making those sounds, it releases it for the people who are in the group. I absolutely felt that it was a release. Okay. And so that's where I've taken it next is where I get a group of people. I do this one-to-one as well, Mm -hmm. where I take a person into an altered state and then I make the sound of their feelings Mm. because that's what I, I've been doing this stuff for a really long time. And if I if I'm doing it one-to-one with someone in my presence and I touch their body, like I'll touch the back of their back Mm -hmm. and I'll say, I'm feeling early childhood stuff here Mm -hmm. and I'll make the sound of what I'm feeling. So it's an intuitive process for you. Yes, absolutely. Because when I learned how to do this, your audience doesn't know the story where I gave everything I owned away in the 1970s -hmm. and I had no money. I never knew where I was going to stay. I was learning how to listen to that inner voice. And I was guided to not only do it with crystals and stones, but to do it with sound. And I was taught how to do this healing. This was in the early 1970s. So... It's not like there was a channeler on every street corner.
0: (laughs) I thought there was in the (laughs) seventies.
1: No, I think we've gone backwards. This is is really early on. I was the first person to, to market crystals and minerals for healing and meditation nationwide.
0: Wow. And I had a,
1: I had a line of stones called Jones stones that were in 600 stores. Uh And I was the first one to do that. So, you know, I've been on the cutting edge of this stuff for a really long time, yeah, and now, now, what I want to teach people is how to use rituals and symbols to work with their subconscious. So I actually wrote a little ebook, and I'm putting together ritual kits and mm-hmm. and this is for business people. Mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> because. You know, everybody's getting into crystals and stuff now. Well, let me show you how I've used them in my years of healing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm collecting Buddhas and Ganeshes and Lakshmis and, you know, mm-hmm. symbols. Plus, you know, like things like Ganesh, what is it which is a popular symbol, who is the Hindu god of of removing obstacles and, yes. and wealth. And so if you put that right now, I'm looking at a Ganesh and a happy Buddha Mm -hmm. and uh, a a green aventurine heart and a couple of ruby crystals. And when you have this in your in your energy field and you're you see it, it affects you on a subconscious level. You know, people tend to give the crystals and things power. But I say, no, the power is within you. It's just going to stimulate your subconscious to lead you in the right direction yeah it does it's
0: like a stimulus there that's right in the corner of your eye at all times right
1: so it's reminding you Mm -hmm. and and so so you know this is much much more fun than going you know you have to do 100 affirmations a day and oh uh, yeah i'm not (laughs) a fan
0: i uh, yeah i'm not a fan of affirmations actually at all But I I tend to love hypnosis though. I definitely have had people come to me to rewrite old money messages that they got growing up. Like they want to rewrite those in the subconscious. And that's just another way to
1: work with them. Right. And they have to be willing to count their money. Yes. Because if they're not willing to take care of their money, just like if you're not willing to take care of yourself you're going to eventually get sick.
0: Mm-hmm. If you're
1: not willing to take care of your money, which is just a symbol of your energy, then it's not going to last long.
0: You do have to learn how to to I say like tend and take care of the money like it becomes your good friend. So you would treat it like you would a, a very good friend. You treat it very like, well, <laughs> right? And well, but you're I, talking what about what the say, practical too. Like you have to have the practical stuff go on. Right. What I say, what I say is that
1: uh, money goes to people who love and take care of it, just like Mm -hmm. people. And the thing that money loves best is to be counted. Oh, (laughs) she's counting me. I think I'll tell my friends. (laughs)
0: Love it. (laughs) Yeah. So we are almost at the end of our time here. I just want to say thank you so much for this lovely conversation. Can you tell people how to find you?
1: Prosperityplace.com. That's where everything happens.
0: All right. So that's Joan's website. She also has an active Facebook group. And she does these wonderful group energy zaps, as well as group coaching. She has all kinds of offerings. And you have a great podcast, I started listening to Thank you, you through your podcast. I heard you on somebody else's, and I was like, yes. "All right." I started listening to your podcast and read one of your books, did the online course, and and now part of your group co team. <laughs> Thank you, and
1: I love doing it. If you hadn't noticed, I like to talk, uh-huh. <laughs> and so the the podcast is the perfect outlet for me because I have so much I want to share with people.
0: There's ones that I listen to over and over again there's some that it's like, okay, that's a good one. And that's true of all podcasts. But well, no, I won't say that. It's not true of all the podcasts I listen to. There's definitely some that's like, I listen, I'm done. But there are yeah. definitely some of your episodes that I put on the save list. And I listen to three or
1: four times. Oh, well, thank you. That I always kind of blush internally when people tell me that. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I'm just sitting in front of a microphone and talking. And when people tell me that they they found me and liked it, it's the little kid inside of me goes, oh, she likes me. You
0: know? <laughs> right. And I see it too is there's sometimes it's just concepts that I'm working on. Like I've got to get this. And so yeah. I'll listen to it and then I'll listen to it again and – I'll get something else and I'll listen to it again. And it's like, no, that's really important. Sometimes I don't even know why, but it's like, nope, I have this intuitive sense that it is. It's almost like um, there was some study they did around little kids, why little kids want to watch a show over and over and over. It's because they're learning something there. They're picking up different things. They're actually processing it differently each time that they watch it. And I feel like it's the same as an
1: adult, right? Like I'm learning yes, something yes. there yeah yes so that's where that's where i am and if you sign up for any of the free stuff or if you just go to prosperityplace.com join now all one word you can sign up for my uh newsletter which goes out fairly frequently and uh, actually a couple times a week and i'm always announcing what i'm up to so thank you so much my pleasure